Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. It is the last day of January of 2023, January the 31st, Tuesday, and we're going to read the gospel passage that's assigned uh, to the readings of today and give you some reflections on it. Let's turn to the Lord, first of all, in repentance and prayer. If you have prayer intentions, uh, as I'm sure you do, feel free to leave them uh, in the comments so that we can all pray for one another uh, during this uh, during this time. So, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we repent of all that separates us from you. We repent of all sins. Lord, purify us. Uh, help us to see the ways in which we have uh, offended your your will and your goodness or offended our neighbors in any way and enable us to have life-giving repentance each and every day. Enable us, Lord, as we approach you each day, having been purified of sin, to hear your word even more clearly, to understand it more deeply, to live it more faithfully. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. So this gospel passage today is from the fifth chapter of Mark's gospel. Let's read. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed close to the sea. One of the synagogue officials, named Jairus, came forward. Seeing him, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, saying, My daughter is at the point of death. Please, Come lay your hands on her so that she may get well and live. He went off with him, and a large crowd followed him. There was a woman afflicted with hemorrhages for 12 years. She had suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet she was not helped, but only grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. She said, if I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Immediately, her flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Jesus, aware at once that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see how the crowd is pressing upon you, and yet you ask who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. The woman, realizing what had happened to her, approached in fear and trembling. She fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. While he was still speaking, people from the synagogue official's house arrived and said, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? Disregarding the message that was reported, Jesus said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid, just have faith. He did not allow anyone to accompany him inside, except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house of the synagogue official, he caught sight of a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. So he went in and said to them, Why this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they ridiculed him. Then he put them all out. He took along the child's father and mother 
and those who were with him and entered the room where the child was. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. The girl, a child of 12, arose immediately and walked around. At that, they were utterly astounded. He gave strict orders that no one should know this and said that she should be given something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The healing of Jesus. He fulfills the prophecy. He bore our infirmities, cured our afflictions. He did so in his earthly ministry, as these, among many other passages about his healing miracles, uh, indicate. But the healing that Jesus Christ ultimately brings from all disease, for all people, is accomplished in his suffering, death, and resurrection. The miracles of his healing were pointing to that greatest source of all healing, the redemption itself, the Paschal mystery. This is why he, although he healed massive numbers of people, we don't see him setting up shop and saying, come here to get your diseases cured. As a matter of fact, this is the reason why at the end of uh, these, these two miracles, it says, Jesus gave strict orders that no one should know about this. You see, it was just the opposite of just a, 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 a social service, horizontal uh, uh, love for, for others. It's like, oh, hey, everybody, we're going to heal all your afflictions. We're even going to raise the dead, uh, find Jesus at 100 Main Street, uh, and uh, come here, line up, and, 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 and that would be then all he would do. And it would simply be a, a horizontal salvation, natural, if you will, salvation. Oh, I'm sick. I have a hemorrhage. I have a problem. Or my daughter died. Let's just go to Jesus and we'll fix the situation. This is not what he set up. This is not what he did. What he did instead was to heal certain people, raise certain people, in order to begin teaching them who he was. Not in order to just eradicate all disease from Galilee or from the world, but in order to teach people who he was so that they could put faith in him and faith in the power of his death and resurrection, faith then in the power of his mystical body, the church, that they could be united with through baptism and experience in this life that filial relationship with God, being his sons, being his daughters, and then let that blossom into the fullness of eternal life. This is what Jesus is accomplishing. And the other sign in this reading that we just heard, that he's not here to simply set up shop as a, as a, as a healer, is the interaction with this woman with the hemorrhage. Notice something about this passage. She touches him. She gets healed. And then he 
is looking around for her. Who touched me? Now think about it for a moment. He's God. He knows who touched him. He knows who this woman is. He already knows her whole story. He could have just turned around and called her by name. But notice what he does. He's looking around. Who has touched my clothes? Brothers and sisters, the reason he asks this is not that he doesn't know. The reason he asks this is that God is not a vending machine. You know, a vending machine, you put the right money in, you press the right button. Usually, most of the time, it'll, it'll, de it'll deposit into your hands the, uh, the right candy bar or package of peanuts or whatever it is. The vending machine doesn't know your name. And the vending machine doesn't have a name. There's no relationship between you and the vending machine. You just put the money in, get what you want, walk away. She touched his garment. She got healed. If she had just walked away, there was no interaction with Jesus. Again, the wrong impression would be given here. Instead, Jesus wants her to talk to him wants her to be face to face with him, not just touching the garment. That worked, but he wants more. Otherwise, again, he would have just set up shop and healed everyone in, in Galilee. No, he wants her to approach him, talk to him face to face, enter into, because this is what Jesus came to do, to enter into this relationship with us. When you have a particular need from God, if you have a disease that needs to be cured, if you have a question that needs to be answered, a decision that needs to be made, a, a, a sorrow that needs to be consoled. God doesn't want you to be like the many people who they'll pray to some kind of impersonal force out there and have some kind of cloudy hope that the fates will work in their favor, that the planets will align and that things will turn out well for them. No, what he wants instead is that you know his name, he knows yours, and you invoke him in the midst of that personal relationship. Jesus, you know my needs. Help me today with this. And then you, 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 you talk to him, just like he wanted this woman to talk to him. Then the other lesson we get is that while all this is going on, the daughter of Jairus is dying. They hoped that he would come and lay his hands on her while she was still alive. But then once the incident with the woman of the hemorrhage is finished, let me go again to the verse. The, the officials uh, or people from the uh, official's house come and they said, your daughter has died. And then notice, why trouble the teacher any longer? Don't we arrive at these moments too, where we're praying for something or we're hoping for the intervention of God in some way and the prayer isn't answered or the thing doesn't happen or the human calculation of what's going on seems to tell us that there's no more room for change in this particular situation. And so the line, why trouble the teacher any longer? We say that to ourselves sometimes. Why pray about this particular matter any longer? It seems like the opportunity has passed. It seems like the, 
the the uh, situation it can't be reversed anymore why continue to pray about this but then notice it says Jesus disregarded the message that was reported he disregarded it brothers and sisters that's what you and I have to do we have to disregard the message when that message is telling us that there's no longer any room for God's intervention. We have to disregard the message that evil has the final word or that something or someone or some situation is beyond redemption. We disregard that message and we boldly ask for God's intervention to do what seems impossible. So right now in the battle over abortion, I mean, how many times during the course of the years did people say, why trouble the teacher any longer? This matter has been decided. Roe v. Wade is in place. Abortion is legal. There's a right to abortion. No, we disregarded the message. We kept intervening. We kept speaking, marching, praying, voting, lobbying. And lo and behold, Roe now is gone. Now, in some of the states, states have gone even further than Roe, and some of them have put abortion into their constitutions, and now pro-life laws that were at the book, on the books get taken away, and pro-abortion uh, laws are put in, and future pro-life laws are not allowed. And some people may say, well, why trouble the teacher any longer? We have to go off to some other way of, of uh, helping the unborn, but this situation in our state can't be changed. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. People can change positions and those who occupy those positions of authority in the government can be changed. Constitutions can be changed. Laws can be changed. Yes, it can change. Disregard the message that would say the situation is beyond fixing and go in there and boldly, face-to-face, -face, calling on him by name and knowing that he knows your name, ask the Lord to intervene. Brothers and sisters, this is how we build a culture of life. Boldly. This is how we change things for the kingdom of God. With enduring and persevering confidence. Let's take those, those uh, lessons away from the reading today and let's pray. Father, we ask you to bless the prayer needs of all those who are joining us today. It may be prayers for health, consolation, wisdom for important decisions. Bless all who are joining us. Bless their families. Bless those in their families who may be far away from you, Lord, who may not be looking at you face to face and knowing your name and knowing that you know theirs. Perhaps it's more like the vending machine view of God. But Lord, bring them deeper into a relationship with you as their personal God, their personal Lord, their personal Savior. Give us all that blessing and help us all to grow in holiness today and in effectiveness in building the culture of life. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now we pray in the words that he gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. 
Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Lord Jesus, send us your blessing. Fill us with your holiness, and enable us to serve today the weakest among us, the children in the womb, and all who are in need. For you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, spread uh, these uh, videos, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, coming to you again. Well, first of all, later in the day with various broadcasts and updates. And then, of course, tomorrow again for our scripture reflection. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.